Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game in Consumer Industries, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in a digital world, to run, grow, connect, and transform, to engage customers and patients across their journey. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, I promise you're in the right place. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have a quote from a lady named Karen Lynch, VP of Global Wholesale Distribution Industry Business Unit at SAP, and she wrote the following in digitalistmag.com. Quote, machines with the ability to take on more intricate work tasks enable a new level of automation across all areas of business. These innovations are particularly valuable for wholesale distributors, unquote. So you've got a couple of buzzwords in there. We have machines, we have ability, we have new level of automation, and we have wholesale distributors. That's what we're going to be talking about. So let me give you a little more background. AI, if you're a regular listener to Game Changers, you know that means artificial intelligence, and ML translates to machine learning. These technologies are becoming, quote, unquote, the new normal for wholesale distributors, despite eh, some sci-fi predictions on the alarmist side from Elon Musk and the recently departed brilliant Stephen Hawking. What's going on? Well, AI and ML are enabling wholesalers of all sizes. We're not just talking about the big enterprise behemoth ones. Enabling them to harness computers to compete with and mm, even surpass human abilities. I know that's scary for some of us to do a lot of things like improving customer service, reducing costs. Everybody wants that. And improving uptime through predictive maintenance. It sounds wonderful. We're going to try to unravel this and talk today about wholesale industry transformation, AI and ML at work. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And let me tell you who my three very smart and special panelists are, and then we'll get started with their opening quotes. In a moment, I'll be introducing you to Sebastian Valencia. He's a partner at Clarkston Consulting. If you want to look them up, C-L-A-R-K-S-T-O-N. He is joined on the panel by Brian Everett, Industry Solution Principal for Intelligence North America. We'll be finding out what these two gentlemen do, what their companies do. And Rounding out the panel is Werner Baumbach, Solution Manager for the Global Wholesale Distribution Industry Business Unit at SAP. That's a long business card, Werner. So let's circle back around the table to Sebastian Valencia. And Sebastian has, interestingly enough, selected a quote from Stephen Hawking, who left us just a few days ago, 1942 to 2018, an English theoretical physicist, cosmologist, author, director of research at the Center for Theoretical Cosmology within the University of Cambridge. His book, A Brief History of Time, appeared on the British Sunday Times bestseller list for a record-breaking 237 weeks. Very, very interesting man. Just passed away, ranked number 25 in the BBC's poll of the 100 greatest Britons. And I know he has kept that ranking probably over the years. Here's the quote Sebastian has selected. Intelligence is the ability to adapt to change. Sebastian Valencia, how are you today? Doing great, Bonnie. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for joining us. Talk to me. How, I, when you picked this quote uh, about a week ago, I think Stephen Hawking was still with us. I, don't, I think your, your timing was very interesting. So how come you picked this quote for our topic today? Talk to me. 
It's so interesting. It's, uh, I, I, we, I couldn't have predicted what was going to happen. I think it's an evolutionary Darwinian type of quote. It, it, it puts in the intelligence in, in, in our ability to absorb and adapt to change, which is what we all want to do. And, and in the terms of what we're talking about today, it's, is, uh, is how we combine our intelligence. How do we use our intelligence to put it at the service of getting better, getting faster and adapt quicker to, to, to a changing environment and be better, faster, uh, more nimble using our own intelligence with the help of artificial intelligence and machine learning. Nothing to be afraid of. Uh, but something that we can embrace and, and use for our our own intent and our own purpose. I was just listening to to a, a, a short documentary yesterday on Stephen, and one of his closing remarks was that he was not afraid of dying. He he was just running out of time. And mm. I think I, intelligence, the intelligence that we have and our ability to use machines and and other mediums of artificial intelligence is going to help us get faster and get better use of our time on this earth, just like Stephen wanted to be. Very interesting. Yes, t- timing was very interesting. Um, he certainly beat the game of time. Uh, he had ALS, a terribly debilitating disease, and yet he found ways to share his brilliance with the world. And I think we could say that that was a mantra for his life. When you say, Sebastian, the ability to adapt to change, he had to learn to speak through mechanical devices, and yet he was able to share his brilliance with the world for so many years when so many people would have said, that's it, I give up. You agree? The spirit was there? Totally agree. Totally agree. He got some hurdles thrown at him and nothing seemed to knock him down. He found a way through intelligence to overcome any obstacles. Yes. And and when you said nothing to be afraid of, that's interesting because so much of the buzz today is people are saying machines are going to take our jobs. Robots are going to take over our positions. What are we going to do? And the flip side is it will free you up for other things. And then people say, what other things? I need to work for a living. This is what I do. I don't need to be an artist, a dancer, a singer, a poet. I need I need to do something productive. So I think we're looking at a, a possibly a shift in the mindset of who we are, the future of work, how we earn a living, how we contribute to society how we support our families, what we do with our brains, what we do with our time. Did I cover it all, Sebastian? You did. You did. You did a nice summary there. I think uh, it's tough for me to go up against Elon Musk and Stephen Hawkins on their prediction and fear uh, towards artificial intelligence and, and, and machine learning. Uh, I'm on the, on the other side. Let's embrace it and, and let's put human controls over it so we can get the best use out of it and the best use of out of time on earth. Thank you very much. Very profound and inspirational opening to our show. We're talking about wholesale distribution, and now we're very waxing poetic and philosophical. Thank you, Sebastian. Welcome to the panel. Let's turn our attention to Brian Everett at Intelligence North America. And Brian has sent us a quote from Benjamin Franklin, also a man of brilliance, 1706, although there was some debate that he was born in 1705. I don't know why. Two different birthdates to 1790. He was one of the founding fathers of the United States. And listen to this list. 
list of what he did. A polymath, a leading author, printer, political theorist, politician, Freemason, postmaster, scientist, inventor, civic activist, statesman, and diplomat. He, I don't know if everybody knows, he, he started Philadelphia's first fire department, and he facilitated the start of the University of Pennsylvania and Ivy League College, first president of the Academy and College of Philadelphia, and blah, blah, blah. What an interesting man. Poor Richard's almanac. He invented so many things. First ambas- U.S. ambassador to France. I, it was just, I don't know what they had for breakfast in those days, Brian, but some of these people were just, we complain about, oh, I have so much to do. What am I going to do? I'm busy. And, and these people are were out there changing the entire world. Here's the quote from Benjamin Franklin. Without continual growth and progress, such words as improvement, achievement, and success have no meaning. Brian Everett, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Bonnie, and thank you so very much for having me today. Delighted. I love this quote. Tell me what it means to you in terms of our topic of wholesale distribution, redoing the industry, upheaving the industry. What's happening? Well, you know, I think Ben Franklin is really a great representative for the embodiment of a lot of what's going out in industry right now. I think uh, as a person that's uh, historical, quite historical in nature, you look at what he did and and how he applied his previous learnings into uh, the future. And I think that that's really where we're at with respect to the the wholesale industry. And I think that the, that you know that that his relentless pursuit of innovation for doing things different for continually. Uh, innovating really, really provides a lot of uh, inspiration for uh, a lot of us in business and in the world. I mean, you look at the inventions that you talked about, you look at the things that he did in his life, uh, Bonnie. Uh, one thing that you didn't mention was he did create the glass harmonica. And if anybody's out there that's uh, been at a dinner table before and uh, wet their finger and wiped it around the rim of a crystal glass, you know what that is. So um, it's really uh, it's really interesting, um, you know, what he was, and uh, certainly I think he became a forerunner and an inspirer for a lot of us. I never heard the term glass harmonic. Of course we have people, and I think, is, is that a, uh, a rude way of checking out the quality of the crystal at a dinner party, Brian, <laughs> when you want to see the tone? <laughs> You put, it, it sure is, your finger. but if you have it at different, <laughs> different levels of water or whatever liquids in there, you can uh, actually play some music, right? So it's pretty neat, yeah. Absolutely. I, I know I've done that. It's like, oh, wet your finger, put a little water or wine or whatever is available, whatever adult or non-adult beverage, and just run it around the rim and you get a, right? A, That's a very right. Exactly. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness. You're bringing back such memories. But I'm thinking of it. It's a way of saying, well, when I was at Mary Ann's party last week, we had a much better pitch on her dinner crystal. I'm sorry. I don't know why that came to mind. Thank you for pointing that out. I did not know that about Ben Franklin. Sure. He's just a man of many mysteries. And, you know, he when he wrote Poor Richard's Almanac, he used the pseudonym Richard Saunders. I didn't know that. Did you? That was no, Richard. No, I did not. No, that's very interesting. Richard, so I'm I'm trading uh, factoids with you. I hope you appreciate that. Thank, no, absolutely, thank, love it. Thank you, Brian. And let's sure. turn our attention now to our third panelist, Werner Bombach of SAP, and he has sent us a quote from somebody who has never been quoted on Game Changers Radio. It's Louis Pasteur. And when I met Werner, I told him that um, the claim to fame of Louis Pasteur in my life, other than the fact that he was a French biologist, microbiologist, and chemist, everybody did a lot in those days, he invented pasteurization, which was a process of getting rid of microbial bacteria in milk and making it safe for everybody. He also 
also created the first vaccines for rabies and anthrax. Who knew? And reduced mortality rates from certain kinds of fever. But I went to a, we used to call it a junior high school. Now it's called a middle school in Queens, New York, Douglaston slash Little Neck, New York. And it was called Louis Pasteur Junior High School 67. So that was how I was aware of him. Anyway, here is the quote Werner has selected. Chance favors the prepared mind. Werner, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today? I'm great and uh, happy to uh, join this group today for this chat and bring some international uh, element to it. Um, Looking forward to the next hour. Thank you. So talk to me about the quote. How does that relate to our talking about wholesale distribution industry? And that's your area of specialty. So what would Ben, what would Louis, Louis Pasteur say about that? Chance favors the prepared mind. Well, maybe first I have to admit that uh, when I first came across the quote, it was on uh, Steven Seagal's movie Under Siege 2. <laughs> and it was used by, uh, uh, by one of the uh, bad characters. But <laughs> it stuck with me. And then I looked it up and found out it was from Louis. Um, I, I think when you look at uh, um, business in general and, and wholesale, um, some truths remain the same. It's all about leadership, management, intuition, doing the right decisions. Um, but similarly, it was always about having the best picture available, the best understanding of your situation and your uh, opportunities um, that gave you a better chance of making the right decision. And I think in, 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 in these days, so maybe in previous times, it was a lack of information and you had to find ways to fill the gaps. These days, I think you have so much information that the challenge is different. You, 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 you have to, to find ways to digest it and, and, and make some sense of it and, and, and draw conclusions from it. But the, the, the basic truth remains that the better your picture of where you are and where you could go, the better your decision making will be. Very interesting. And and when we think about machines, we think about automation, artificial intelligence, ML, the prepared mind. Are we looking at a collaborative prepared mind, Werner? I'm stretching this a little bit, but the idea that the machines and the human mind, of course, we're the ones who created the machines, who created the technology. So is it that collaboration, the prepared mind of the automation along with the, the human intelligence? What's your perspective on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be... Uh, um you know, the, the machines will assist in, in, in drawing conclusions or, or making sense of data, finding patterns, but it's still a combination, like you said, it's a combination of, of uh, human and machine activities that come to a final picture. And then my, my belief is that in the end, in most cases at least, it still will be a human that will then decide what the strategy is, that will then uh, motivate uh, the team to follow and execute on, on that plan. And it's, I, I think you can't, Leadership is a lot about emotion as well, and and, Mm -hmm. and machines will, Mm. at least in the foreseeable future, not create that sort of emotion and passion. Thank you. That was very profound. I think that was a quotable moment, uh, Sir Baumbach. Actually, yes, leadership is about emotions and passion, and machines won't won't have that for the foreseeable future. Very interesting. Thank you for that perspective. I'm going to have to quote you on a future show on other topics when we talk about leadership. So let's now circle around the table. This is the part of the show where we get a little, little up close and personal with our panelists to find out who you are, what you love to do, and what you love to drink. So Sebastian, Question Valencia, I'm going to ask you where you're calling from today, and what's your favorite beverage in the whole wide world? I'd love a little story, so go ahead, Sebastian. Absolutely funny. So um, I'm, I live in Miami. Unfortunately, I'm in New Jersey under 
16 feet of snow, probably poor, <laughs> poor planning on my end. Uh, so a well-deserved cup of coffee is, is in line for sure. If, uh, if you haven't already noticed, my accent is in American or, or British or Australian. I'm, I'm Colombian. So I'm, uh, I gotta, I gotta be a proud user of the number one legal export product that we have from Colombia. So it's straight out black coffee. Uh, I, I enjoy mm. a, a brand called Pergamino Coffee and they have a, a farm near, near my hometown in Medellin called Loma Verde, which is Green Hill. And, uh, that's what I'm drinking right now. And Colombian growers drink straight up black coffee. Not mixed, not sweetened, nothing fancy, not, not $5 cups from, uh, from any of the chains. That's what we drink. And I looked it up, Pergamino Coffee, P-E-R-G-A-M-I-N-O, and there's a website called coolhunting.com, food and drink. This was written in 20, uh, actually 2016. The Pergamino Coffee Bar in the upscale El Poblado neighborhood of Medellin, Colombia, was one of our favorite finds in this vibrant city. Now Pergamino is available in North America through their online store, making it possible to order freshly roasted coffee directly from their farm. Is that the right one, Sebastian? You found it. You warned me that you were quick on Google. You found it right away. I did. Here's another one. Meet Pergamino, a new world class, world class new cafe in Medellin. That's on Meet Pergamino. That's on Sprudge, S-P-R-U-D-G-E dot com. Anybody wants to look it up? Lots of interesting pictures and maps here and all kinds of restaurant reviews. Oh my goodness. So thank you very much. This is the first time we've had Pergamino on a Game Changers show. I appreciate that, Sebastian. And, uh, good luck with the snow. I have friends in Queens, New York who told me it was only 14 inches there, but I know New Jersey typically gets a little more parts of New Jersey. So are you safe? Are you traveling? Or are you staying in one place today where you don't have to navigate the snow? I'm flying out tonight. So hopefully, fingers crossed, everything is clear up and the plane takes off. Hopefully. You're going out of Newark? Or you're going out of JFK? JFK heading to Raleigh and then hopefully sometime tomorrow heading back home to Miami where it's 80 degrees and warm. You're coming to Raleigh? I'm, in Ra- I'm eight minutes from Raleigh-Durham Airport. You have to wave when you get off the plane, okay? Will do. Thank you very much. I might have to might have to pick you up. Okay, let's talk about that. Thank you very much. Just cool, a cool factoid there, Brian Everett. Where are you calling from, and what do you love to drink, Brian? Tell me a story. Sure, Bonnie. Thanks. So I'm calling from Cincinnati, Ohio today, and uh, I can't say that we have as much snow as you uh, have up there in the Northeast, Sebastian. But uh, nonetheless, it's spring and it's still cold here. So looking forward to the temperatures warming up. As for myself, uh, I used to love a, cup of, a great cup of coffee, and uh, that's, uh, Sebastian's provided some good insights. So I'll have to research that. But uh, many years ago, I just, uh, about five years ago now, actually, I just really wasn't feeling too well drinking coffee. I was drinking a lot of it. And so I switched over to tea um, based, uh, you know, really on a recommendation of my friend. And really, um, I, I enjoy a lot of various different loose leaf types of teas. And um, when you look at uh, teas and researching it and you get into the distribution, it's just fascinating um, when you study some of the things about tea leaves and uh, being able to enjoy the various different teas, black teas, green teas, white teas, herbal teas, and it's just really, really quite nice. So that's what I drink. I like that. I also happen to like wine, but that's not for this time of day, right? So, um, Oh, you so, could yeah. listen. We, we have wine recommendations from panelists all over the world, and I never, never hold them to the truth of what the time is where they're calling from. <laughs> so if you want to recommend a really great bottle of wine, I'm, I'm all ears, Brian. 
Well, um, there's there's quite a few of uh, the Napa varieties out there. Um, you know, I, I personally um, I I like uh, red wines, Tempranillos, Pinot Noirs, and Cabernets. Um, uh, there's a couple of uh, wineries out in Napa Valley, Trefethen and Orchesta, that I really like, and uh, both of those are just great places if you're ever out that way to visit. Thank you very much. And now sure. let's turn to Werner Baumbach. Werner, where are you today, and what are you drinking? Yeah, I'm dialing in from uh, Waldorf, Germany, which is not too far from Mannheim, from Heidelberg. Um, and like Sebastian, I wanted to bring in some local flavor. So what are we famous for? Great beers. Um, so mm-hmm. I have a Vetters 33% in front of me. Um, Vetters is a microbrewery in Heidelberg, uh, which I would highly recommend if you're in the area to check out, both for drinks and food. And the, 32, uh, the 33% comes from um, the original wort. And uh, back in '94. The beer was uh, made it into the Guinness Book of Records for strongest beer back then, um, and it only in quotation marks has 10.5 percent. So when we talk about progress, um, the, today the strongest beer, which I've never tasted, but it's called Snake Venom from a Scottish brewery, mm. and it has 67 percent of alcohol. So if anybody tries it and survives, let me know what it tastes like. <laughs> it's really curious. Snake venom, that, wow, I, I don't even want to look that one up, I'm too scared. I will tell you that uh, somebody on our, that, that, That's a cool one, that's actually that, drinkable. Oh, wow, somebody sent me uh, recently from SAP, Werner, somebody mentioned mushroom coffee, and he actually threw inter-office mail, not knowing I wasn't in New York anymore, he sent me a packet of this mushroom coffee, and it has uh, something like chiraga in it, and it has lion's mane. I still have it here. I'm trying to find somebody brave enough to try it. He told me that the (laughs) caffeine kick, such a high caffeine kick that it will actually burn going down the first time. You're only allowed to have one cup a day, and (laughs) you have to get used to it. And I said, no, I... I don't think so. So anyway, <laughs> nice to nice to meet the three of you and your coffee preferences and your tea and your beer and all that good stuff. I mm-hmm. am here in Durham, North Carolina. Moved here six and a half months ago from New York after 35 years on Long Island, near where I grew up. And I am not allowed to have caffeinated beverages on radio show days, and you know why. So I have my Cool Clear mug of Cool Clear water with a pink straw because, yes, we had snow here yesterday, Sebastian, for about two hours, and then it turned to rain, and then poof! It's all green and beautiful here, and the sun is shining. And what can I tell you? I hope that everything is cleared and you can get out of New Jersey on time to come back down south where it's sunny and a little bit warmer. So there. So you are listening to us here on Changing the Game in Consumer Industries. I have a quick shout-out to the lady who put this panel together, Michelle Schuff at SAP. I know she's in Germany somewhere right now. Hope you're listening, Michelle. Everything is going really, really well. And uh, we are talking about the Wholesale Industry Transformation AI. That's artificial intelligence and ML machine learning at work on the job. Special panelists are Sebastian Valencia, Brian Everett, Werner Baumbach. And I just want to take a moment before we go to break. Uh, Sebastian Valencia, tell us what you do at Clarkson Consult. Clarkson, I want to put the T in there, consulting. <laughs> sure, Bonnie. I'm a, I'm a partner with Clarkson. I, I'm part of our management consulting practice and um, uh, I'm part of our uh, artificial intelligence and, and machine learning uh, group of, of uh, learning and, and communities internally in, in, in within Clarkston. We have 
in addition to that, an, an additional layer of focus in wholesale distribution. So between two, I think, is a perfect recipe for what we're talking about today. So uh, our, our company's headquarters right nearby you, Clarkson Consulting, we've been 26 years in business. So uh, if not tomorrow, we'll, we'll, I'll swing by where you are, Bonnie, and looking forward to, to catching up and a good cup of coffee. Maybe I'll take you up on the one that's waiting for you there. Ah, I would love that. Thank you very much. Stay in touch. I'll send you my I'll send you my cell phone number. I'd love that. Thank you, Sebastian. And now let's find out, Brian Everett, what do you do at Itelligence and remind us what does the company do? Sure, thanks, Bonnie. So at Itelligence, I'm an industry solution principal and that job responsibility is to really take a look at what are the industry challenges and trends out there that intelligence uh, supports or the industry's intelligence supports, and then identifying specific solutions that we can bring to market to be able to solve those business challenges and problems that our customers and prospects have. Um, I've certainly uh, been involved in this for quite some time, and uh, really this whole new uh, transformation that we're embarking upon in the uh, digital era that we're living in is really something that I'm intrigued by and certainly passionate about. Um, as an organization, Intelligence is a global SAP uh, services firm. We are a value-added reseller for the mid-market. We uh, sell implementation services. Uh, we also provide managed services and support uh, for customers worldwide. Uh, we're, we're based here in the U.S., have our, have our global headquarters in Germany, and are part of a larger company, uh, parent company, NTT Data. So uh, really focused on being able to provide those services to uh, customers and, and prospects of any size and uh, enjoy embarking on those conversations with them. Thank you very much. Nice to get to know both of you. Werner, I'll give you uh, 30 seconds here. What do you do in the wholesale distribution industry business unit at SAP? What's your focus? Yeah, you mentioned the long title, so but the short one is solution manager for the uh, wholesale industry. Uh, you quoted in your introduction my boss, Karen Lynch, uh, who is the global mm-hmm. head oh, uh, for the industry okay. solutions. Um, and uh, in my 22 years here at SAP, I've been working mostly in retail and wholesale and, and really passionately focus in the meantime on innovative solutions, especially as there seems to be the myth out there that uh, wholesalers are not very innovative or not very technology-oriented. And uh, in my work with a lot of our customers, there's so many great examples that I'm really trying to tell as many stories that that's really not true. There's really great innovative stories out there. Good. Glad to know. And yes, I uh, I saw Karen Lynch's article on Digitalist Mag. I know Michelle used that as part of the jumping off point for this show today. And I, I appreciated that. So I looked her up. Thank you very much, panelists. We're going to take a quick break. The pause that refreshes. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Changing the Game in Consumer Industries Radio presented by SAP. We'll be back in about 90 seconds with more from Sebastian Valencia, Brian Everett, and Werner Baumbach. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Come on, you know the drill by now. Aaron out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Power your digital transformation. Innovate with new technologies. Integrate them into your business and scale seamlessly as your company grows. Changing the game in consumer industries brings you insights from the movers and shakers who are making this happen. We'll delve into global business challenges and cutting-edge technologies to help you digitally transform 
for an improved focus on the consumer and the patient. Tune in to the Business Channel to hear today's top consumer industry and technology strategy thought leaders share expert insights on how the digital economy is shaping the future of consumer industries. Changing the Game in Consumer Industries, presented by SAP. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. You're listening to Changing the Game in Consumer Industries, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Changing the Game in Consumer Industries. Yes, indeed. And our consumer industry of choice today is wholesale distribution, talking about changing and transforming that industry with AI, artificial intelligence, and ML machine learning. Speaking today with Sebastian Valencia at Clarkston Consulting, Brian Everett at Intelligence North America, and Werner Baumbach at SAP. And we're looking at Sebastian Valencia's notes he sent me before the show. Here's where we're going to kick off the roundtable, although we really have been having a topical roundtable for the first half as well. So Sebastian says the following, AI and machine learning will not be the end of the world unless you don't embrace them. Look at who's winning in the marketplace. It's only those who are jumping into it who will come out on top. Sebastian, tell us more, please. Absolutely. And I kind of alluded to it at the beginning when, when, uh, took the, the tough position of going against Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking in their prediction that this is going to be the end of the world. I guess my, my, my twist to it is that nowadays we, those companies that are embracing artificial intelligence and machine learning are winning. They're not dying. And only those who are not embracing it and launching pilots and looking into what to do with the oceans of data that they're swimming around with, that, that those are the ones that are going to win those who don't embrace are not going to be in, in, in the marketplace pretty soon. You, you see, for instance, one of the two industries that we focus at Clarkston, life sciences, uh, we got Amazon trading pretty much everyone, and it's looking into embracing and jumping in into wholesale distribution for, for pharmaceuticals. So some of our clients in the life sciences industry are trying to figure out what to do. Well, those who, who are able to look into not only compete in Amazon on their distribution and, and, and ability to deliver faster, quicker, but also in technology and taking advantage of the amounts of data that they possess as distributors to be able to provide a different value-added services and reduce overall costs in a very thin margin environment. So that's my, my take is it's not going to be the end of the world unless you don't embrace it. Thank you very much. I think the writing is on the wall with that one. Brian Everett at iIntelligence, what do you think? Agree or disagree? 
Yes, I agree. I think Sebastian raises some very, very good points there. And as as I was listening to him talk about those, a few things came to my mind. I think that there needs to be uh, a, a getting over of a fearfulness of doing something. I think that sometimes a lot of companies, organizations um, have a little bit of inherent conservatism in them and they don't necessarily want to do something they think the status quo is going to be okay and and that's what's going to be propelling them forward and and really we need to get over that um, fear fearfulness of what's going on out there and to try some things and realizing that you might fail but the important part of failing is is that you fail fast and you fail smart and you learn Mm -hmm. from those uh, failures as quickly as you possibly can I also think that blurring of industry lines is a big one and uh, Sebastian really talked about that and I think that you know businesses that were normally not your competitors in the past will be your competitors in the future and also by the way you might be in some prospects of coopetition, if you will, partnering on some Mm. things and competing on other things. And so I think that when you're getting into this world of AI, machine learning, and all these sorts of things, we're starting to see that acceleration of those um, processes uh, there of uh, the blurring of industry lines. And then the people that are able to identify how they can go through and be able to address those challenges, be able to try to um, figure out and ideate and continue to learn and innovate on that are really going to be the winners there. Thank you, Brian. Interesting. I, I like the way you played off of what Sebastian shared. A good roundtable start here. And Werner Baumbach, love to have your thoughts as well. You don't have to agree with everything. We'd love to know where you stand on this. Sure. Um, and, and I think uh, Brian and Sebastian had quite a few great examples. And I think you don't, like, you, I personally don't think you have to choose sides between the concerns that Elon and, and, and Stephen Hawking and others uh, voiced and, and understanding that there's great uh, solutions that you can use and will make your life and your business easier and better and give you new insights, lets you create new business models. At the same time, I think it's, it, it's fair to say that there is an extreme form that may or may not create a super intelligence at some point. And I think it's worth to think about how you make sure that you can control it. Um, that doesn't mean that all the gazillions of other applications are equally scary. And I don't think that Elon was trying to say that. Um, he was just pointing out a very specific threat. All the other applications, I think he sees also great value because he's involved in a lot of them as well. So, Thank you think, very much. You, know, you can take both sides and they make equally mm-hmm. sense. Good. And it, it's always a good discussion when you look at both sides. Uh, what was it? Uh, who was the song? Judy Collins. Looked at love from both sides now. We can look at industry and technology from both sides now as well. Sebastian, this was your topic. Good one. Do you want to wrap it up? Anything you'd like to add about what your colleagues on the panel just said? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's a, a good discussion thinking on maybe maybe toning down the, the, the fear of the future of the end of the world. I think it's more of a, a call-out uh, in a futuristic way of uncontrolled risk if, if we allow some of the artificial intelligence powers to take over. And then for the immediate future is the opportunity to jump into it, to test it, to try it, to fail fast, move on, and, and find ways in which you can automate decisions, provide more information into decisions, and then embrace into specific use cases and this, as we're talking about wholesale distribution. So embrace it for now, but be aware of the risk in the long futuristic term. 
Thank you very much. Brian Everett, I'm looking at your notes here, and it's something that catches my attention. I think it's provocative. You say the path to artificial intelligence travels through, quote, enhanced augmented intelligence, which you call the other AI. There's been a lot of talk around AI, and while that vision of being ubiquitous in industry is getting closer, it isn't completely there yet. Talk to me about this augmented intelligence. Go ahead, Brian. Sure. You know, as we're on the cusp of uh, getting into the regional rounds of uh, the NCAA college basketball tournament, I (laughs) think a good phrase would be, you know, the road to uh, artificial intelligence pass-throughs, augmented intelligence. Um, And I think that um, when you think about augmented intelligence in its simplest sense is really basically having supplementing of human capabilities with technology. And I think that when you look at it in in the past, We've gotten very good at being able to integrate and get information together and be able to centralize all those transactions in, in computer systems and be able to have that uh, connection of information. Now, really, we're on the cusp of, okay, and, and as we've seen in the past few years, how do we analyze that information? And we're getting a lot of big data, as we've been talking about, a lot of information from everywhere. Artificial intelligence is going to certainly help that. But we need to be able to have that pathway to be able to figure out how to analyze that information now, and then that optimization of artificial intelligence will come, I think, at a specific time after we get into this enhanced augmented intelligence. So, so I, think, I, I think it's a good way to look at it, and I also think that it helps really give people a vision and understanding of where we're going to go and how to get there. So, you know, when you look at it from a wholesale industry, you know, we've got an industry that's typically laggards in the adoption of technologies. I think that if we look at this way of figuring out how can we augment technology through uh, areas of cap app- at cash application where we're bringing in um, specific invoices to read the optical character recognition to then paving the way forward to be able to have machines automatically determine when to, when to apply cash and those sorts of things are really, really going to be important. So the bottom line is really you know, a practical, pragmatic way uh, to get there. And I think augmented intelligence with a path toward artificial intelligence really is mm-hmm. a good way to look at it. Interesting. Brian, before I move on and and invite Werner and Sebastian to comment on this interesting part of our discussion you've just started, I have a question you have here in your notes that wholesale distributors are typically laggards in the adoption of technology. Where does that stand today? Are they dipping their toe in the pool just to see if the water is is warm or or ice cold and and afraid? Are they already halfway there but not sure where to go? Or are they just standing back totally saying, nah, that's not for us? So where do you see the, the industry? I think the water's getting warmer, right, Bonnie? So I, mm-hmm. I think that um, when you look at it, uh, my, my impression and my experience out in the industry is, is that wholesales are starting to look at that. I think the advent of what Sebastian said certainly around Amazon and, and uh, the realities of what's happening with and what we see with Amazon out there, uh, changing the whole marketplace and the distribution of products uh, really is forcing people to take a look at that in all industries, frankly. And uh, so I think the water is getting warmer. I think um, people are starting to see, hey, yes, we're going to have to do that because speed is of essence, and how are we going to be able to uh, address the realities of what Amazon has brought forth in the market, and how do we compete with that and compete successfully? Thank you very much. Good good start to this one. Werner, you're next around the table. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's a great example for uh, um, converging technologies and trends. So, 
machine learning, uh, um, augmented uh, virtual reality worlds. Um, I, you can combine that with natural language recognition. Um, and it, it, it all comes down to providing the, the right information to, to you in a digestible form when you can actually use it. So you could imagine being on the phone with a customer and uh, in the background, the conversation is tracked and it pulls out the contextual information, gives you previous orders or tries to figure out what the customer wants, gives you uh, proposals at your fingertips, gives you potentially promotions that you could use. You could spin it even further and say uh, the, the, the person on the other line is from Japan and doesn't speak your language, but through translation services, you, you are ha having a relatively normal conversation. So I think there's different tools coming together, creating an overall uh, uh, new way to consume and use information at the time that where you can actually need it, use it or where you can benefit from it. Thank you very much, Sebastian Valencia. Talk to us. What do you think? Absolutely. So two, two comments on the two parallel questions. So I agree with Brian. I think the part of the hurdles that we've been going through as, as we continue to embrace artificial intelligence is this uh, dichotomy of I, I either do nothing or I do it all, or I use mm -hmm. it, or I, I don't use it, or I'll try to use it to solve all my problems. And I think the, the component that he's adding on augmented intelligence before the artificial intelligence paves a pathway for, for companies to start embracing it and using it. Uh, we, we're, we're in our conversations with life sciences and consumer product goods clients, uh, they, we, we always mention that is use the use of artificial intelligence as a support or enabler for a decision maker, not as an automator of decision making, is is the first step, and it it provides significant dividends to to our clients. So this this all or nothing approach has been has been a roadblock, and I think approaching it from a Growth stepwise uh, perspective is going to be helpful. On, on the second, on the second comment on is wholesale distribution embracing it or not? Yeah, tra traditionally the, the wholesale distribution operates in thin margins. Companies are, are in, in historically been family owned, generationally grown. But I think the, as the, as generations take over the, the helm of these organizations, they are realizing the margins are slipping. Competition is being more fearful. We mentioned Amazon and there are many more. And they're embracing technology. We're seeing those who are winning embracing technology to do more with less or to add more value with less or the same. Thank you very much, Sebastian. Brian Everett, this was your topic. Any comments on what your co-panelists just contributed? I really liked the dialogue here and enjoyed a lot of the conversation. I think that uh, Sebastian and Werner raised some really, really great points. I think that you're seeing, uh, number one, a pathway toward artificial intelligence and machine learning, and that's going to have to uh, be uh, something that's going to be embraced over time. I think we'll get there. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, having a little bit of a roadmap like that certainly helps uh, companies digest that. I think the other interesting point um, that is raised with, you know, so many of the conversations here, and you look at things on, on a transactional level, you look at the realities of the industry of wanting to start to embrace the technology and and uh, addressing the fears that have classically been there and the, the investment required for it. I think it also is important because um, what we're talking about here is going to change 
the skill sets required. So Werner mentioned about um, being able to have translations on the fly with a customer and all those sorts of things. So, so when you have all of this uh, information and innovation that's being plowed into the actual work processes, I think that the, the human element really comes into the forefront of importance. So being creative, being compassionate, um, having some emotional intelligence, maybe the next AI is EI, emotional intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. And, and being able to have that, I think that that really um, is something that's going to be really uh, the game changers, if you will, um, that, that could be there for the future, even beyond the topic that we're talking about here today. Thank you, Brian. I like that beyond the topic we're talking about. It, do, it does have far-reaching implications. Absolutely. Thank you. Werner Bombach, I'm looking at your notes here, and here's something I would like to talk about. But before I do, you, you gave the context and the content of Elon Musk's quote. We've been alluding to it. I don't think we actually said the words that we've been referencing all through the show. So uh, apologies to listeners. But here is, here's the quote, and Werner has included in his notes. AI has the potential to be more dangerous than new nuclear weapons. That was the quote from Elon Musk, and that was the the scary sci-fi predictions that was alluded to in the opening. So now let me look at some notes here from Werner. He says, artificial intelligence and machine learning, while related, are not the same thing, but they can work together. As we mentioned, they're becoming the new normal. But here's where I'd like you to go with this, Werner. You say AI and ML drive the evolution of digital assistance, natural language recognition, or voice-driven solutions that will change the way we interact with IT. So how does this apply to wholesale distribution, Werner? Oh, quite a few questions there. Um, <clears throat> let's maybe start... <laughs> Let's maybe start with the with the voice uh, driven and, and yes. natural language because I think it's 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 probably as important to wholesale to pro- most most other areas. I think when you when you look at how we uh, uh, interact with uh, um, IT or solutions software, um, before two thousand seven there was no iPhone and and and, and swiping and, and and gestures and stuff was not very common. Now it's transformed uh, um, the way we do things. Uh, in our private lives even. Um, and I think uh, that, that uh, this voice-driven has the potential to, to at least in, in, in large areas, get to a similar uh, point where it takes over a lot of the interaction because it requires much less training people because they can basically talk to uh, their, their devices uh, the way they would talk to people and, and uh, um, they would recognize what's going on. So it's a different way of interacting with, with your solutions. It, re- it, it gives you hands-free environments. Um, and if you think about it with uh, Alexa or Siri or some of these other digital assistants, SAP Copilot, um, we're, we're already making first steps in that direction. Um, so I think that, that that's part of it. Uh, um, in general, I think it, it gives you gives you uh, a, a powerful set of, of tools to, to quickly pull information, put it into context, and give you digestible bits of information that you can actually use. Because historically, you were looking at large tables and we're trying to make sense of it, right? It was much harder to understand what this vast amount of data actually meant to you. And with, with machine learning, because I think most of the applications today are really machine learning, uh, it gives you the ability to process that information much better and give it to the user so he can make something with it. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table, get some more comments here from Sebastian Valencia. You're sitting next to Werner. Go ahead. 
Yeah, so I, I love the initial part. Of, I love the clarification, Bernard, that, that, that you made on artificial intelligence and machine learning are not the same. I, I remember having this geeky conversations with, uh, with internally with, you know, Bonnie, you get a, a group of consultants in a room and you can only imagine how deep we go into the, and we can geek out on, on, on topics. But I think it's an important one outside of the, the joke is, there, there's so many components uh, that, are, that have confluence in artificial intelligence, machine learning, predictive analytics, statistical uh, predictions, et cetera, that they, big data, that's another buzzword, they all are interrelated, but they have a specific elements that contribute. And, and I think one of the, the, the components that I am passionate about is debunking these buzzwords and translating into, into normal human being conversations. So when, when we talk about machine learning through, through the lenses of wholesale distributors or artificial intelligence, it's important to take away the buzz, the acronyms, and the letters, and then start thinking about what, what does it really mean for them? Is it in cash application? Is it a way to, to prevent uh, invoice fraud? Is it a way to automate operations within the four walls of a distribution center, which is highly intensive for wholesale distributors? Is it a better way to predict, reroute, deliveries and optimize and add number of stops on the route. So uh, the, the, the clarification is important, and then translating those uh, very sophisticated terms into normal business terms and then connect them to value is going to help us drive greater adoption uh, across the industry. Thank you very much. I just want to read. I uh, I just Googled the difference between AI and ML, and I came up with an article in Forbes by Bernard Marr from December 6, 2016, a year and a half ago. He says, AI and ML are two very hot buzzwords right now and often seem to be used interchangeably. They're not the same thing, but the perception of it can lead to confusion. And he says that AI is the broader concept of machines being able to carry out tasks in a way that we would consider smart. ML is an application of AI based around the idea that we should just give machines access to data and let them learn for themselves. And he goes a little further. AI has been around for a long time. The Greek myths contain stories of mechanical men designed to mimic our own behavior. Very early European computers were conceived as logical machines by reproducing capabilities like basic math and memory. Any uh, interest? Isn't that interesting? Did you know that it goes back and there was some concept of AI way back in Greek days? Sebastian? I, I knew it wasn't a new term, but I didn't know it was that old. I know it was 40-plus-year-old that people are now jumping in and calling it a buzzword, but, but you surprised me there, Bonnie. I didn't know it was that, going <laughs> that far back. I- Told you, quick on the look up here. Brian Everett, love to get your thoughts on this. And let's see, we're just about at our predictions round, but I'll give you 60 seconds for comment, Brian. Then I'm going to circle back to Sebastian and start our crystal ball predictions. Go ahead, Brian. Sure. As an inventor and a historian, Ben Franklin will be proud of that comment, right? So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think that uh, a couple of things on that uh, on that topic. I think that, you know, as you go back to what Werner said about the Apple Apple devices and iPhone, who would have thought 10 years ago that uh, a device with a core competence of talking to voice would be, you know, augmenting so many different directions of technology, right? Music travel, Retail, buying, purchasing, whatever have you. And I think that certainly that convergence of technology is, is certainly um, amazing. I, I think that, um, you know, when you look at it from, um, you know, the, the artificial intelligence and the application, I think that, 
I think that you know that there's going to be some things that we'll we'll certainly learn from that. Um, you know, machines taking over the actual you know taking over everything. I think that that needs to be. There's certainly a balance of what's going to be done there, and uh, I think that um, you know just uh, just having that history and understanding of the past certainly will help us understand how that's going to be paved in the future. Thank you very much. Talking about paving the future, what a lovely segue you just gave me, sir. I appreciate that. Sebastian Valencia, under 16 inches of snow in New Jersey. Can you see a path to the future? I'm going to give you 60 seconds. That's all I've got for your prediction. What do you see for wholesale industry transformation, AI and ML in the future, 2020, 2025? Sebastian, 60 seconds, go. Absolutely. So I I see a bright future, especially for those who who adopted and embraced it in a stepwise approach. I I feel that talking with one of my colleagues recently, we talk about democratization of the technology with with abundance of data, storage capacity, computing capacity, and then algorithms that help us process that information that is available. I think the wholesale distribution is prime to to make leaps and bounds to reduce overall costs if you talk about life sciences to to the patients, to the system, and then consumer products, which is another area we covered, to bring goods faster, better, safer, in, in a, a lower cost for the consumer. So not only for the wholesale distribution store, uh, industry, I see a bright future. I see it for all of us as patients and as consumers. Thank you very much. And on a couple of good applications there, Brian Everett at Intelligence, 60 seconds. They're yours. Predict. Go. Sure. Thanks, Bonnie. So I think it's been a great conversation today, and I think that there's mm-hmm. just a, 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 a really um, impressive and exciting future for companies in the wholesale industry. I think when you look at uh, sensors and technology and uh, things that we've done in the past, but being able to augment those to be able to um, predict things uh, moving forward is just going to be remarkable. I I think that um, when you look at it uh, using sensor technology, just from something as simplistic as um, changing the water filter in your refrigerator and having that go and plow all the way back to uh, the original manufacturer and the distributor and how that's going to uh, um, be able to um, accelerate that change is just really something that's remarkable. And I think that, you know, the whole supply chain and having a wide view of the supply chain is really going to be important for companies, um, large and small. And uh, certainly the, the technology and augmenting with those with things that are not going to be able to be covered by artificial intelligence or machine learning, like I mentioned before, uh, the compassion, the empathy, the emotion, and all those sorts of things, and how those can integrate in using uh, talent and human talent out there to be able to supplement uh, that digital twin, if you will, um, of technology is really, really going to be important. Um, and it's going to be an exciting future, and look forward to uh, being able to help people with that. Thank you very much. Exciting future. I like that in particular. And let's close with Werner Baumbach. Werner, I have 45 seconds for you. Use them well. Go ahead. Okay, we've already heard some great examples. I think uh, um, I, I would add, uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, innovation around uh, voice and natural language, uh, as well as around uh, image recognition and video recognition. Think about uh, identifying emotions in your counterparts uh, or um, figuring out which parts might be defective just from uh, looking at the pictures and, and driving activities from that. Uh, midterm, I think we will see, um, uh, as, as things evolve, I think we will see parallel uh, discussions coming up about ethical and, and security questions. I, I think that's just going to be necessary to, to uh, pay, pave the way to a, a future with AI and ML. 
Thank you very much. Can't thank my panelists enough. Uh, Brian, you expressed a couple of times during the show how much you enjoyed the conversation. I will echo that sentiment. Very interesting to put the three of you together and have such a great conversation about wholesale and its future. You've been listening to our talk about wholesale industry transformation, AI and ML at work. I want to do a shout out to Michelle Schuf, who is in Germany right now. Michelle, thanks for putting together a stellar panel. They did great. Sebastian Valencia, Clarkson Consulting, Brian Everett, Intelligence, Werner Bombach at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and a shout out to, I have to hurry up, oh, i got 30 seconds, shout out to Aaron, our engineer at World Talk Radio. So here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Sebastian, just like Brian, and just like Werner. Have a great day. This is the end of our broadcast week. We'll be back next week with a lot more Game Changers Radio. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game in Consumer Industries, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.